Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Dedicate your home. Dedicate yourself. It will change your home. It will change your life, I promise you. Pastor, you're being a fanatic. No, it's an intentional invitation to allow God to move in your life. See, I think this is tradition. Anointing your house is tradition. All of these things are tradition. And I think when we went away from tradition, we've lost something in the church. I know that there's a sect in the church that says if you do it all the time, it becomes ceremony. And I think for some people it does, but I need to be covered in in the Lord. It's a physical exercise. This. You may not have a prayer shawl, but you have a word of God. Has anybody got a physical Bible? I've got mine right here laying on the floor. Dear Heavenly Father. Maybe maybe you can't drape yourself in a prayer shawl. Mine's upside down anyway. Pastor Yodernishek, let me borrow his. This is his. It ain't even mine. That's another thing. Can you imagine praying over this thing and anointing this thing and then passing it off to someone that don't know the Lord? Mm-hmm. And your prayers being in their house? And your the commandment of God that covers you being in their house? That's a little nugget that I didn't have. They don't have things to cover them. But everybody has the Word of God. Number one selling book in America. The Bible. Let, let me show you how you cover yourself. God, now watch. Because we want to pray to God. But we want to ask Him all these things. God, I need you to touch Mama and Paul Paul. I need you to move on Aunt Bethy. God, there's a situation in my life and I want you to touch him. Now we do that, don't act like we don't. What if we begin to get into the Word of God? And I'm in a crazy book like Kings. And we begin to pray it over our life. Listen, and we begin to allow God to move on us. And we pray it and we read it. And we pray it and we read it. What are you doing? You're hiding the word in your heart that you might not sin against God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In today's society, we want to say, God, touch my finances. God, touch my family. God, touch my health. Everything that you are saying is going outward. It's not coming inward. When you read the word of God, the word of God is inner. It's inward to you. And it finds its footing in the heart of a man. The Bible tells us that the heart of a man is the core or center of his being. And we begin to read. These are the divisions of the son of Aaron. Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, Ithlamar. God, I don't know what that means. You know what you do? Now these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron. And you mull it over. And you think about it. And you grind on it. 
and, and you chew on it all day and you come home and before you go to bed, you open it up again and you say, now these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron. See, I'm not praying anything prophetic to you. I'm just praying the word of God. And the word of God gets a hold of you and it gets in you. Are you following what I'm saying? Why are we pushing everything out when we should be reading the word of God that is an inward response to who we are? We wonder why our prayers aren't being met because we've got a list and that list has been broken and mundane for years. But God wants to commune with his people. He wants to have relationship and understanding. Listen, the Bible says, can a woman forget her sucking child that she can have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, she can forget but can I forget you imagine praying that can I forget you because you are oh my goodness and you are carved you're in the palm of his hand sometimes I get overwhelmed you know talking about the Hebrew people we dedicate ourselves to God do you know the Hebrew people once a year clean their house up? we got to take off our glasses sometimes and see. They clean their house up. Every year. They get the leaven out of the house. And they discard anything that they don't need. Not just the leaven. Is anybody hearing me? They discard at the beginning of every year whatever they don't need. It's a physical exercise to remind them that the house of God should be pure. And that their house is an extension. You better hear me. You wonder why your children are having trouble? Because you're not watching pure things. You're not drinking pure things. You're, you're not speaking pure things. Well, here it goes again. Being all... About the law. They discard anything that they don't need. Whatever you watch should be pure. Whatever you read should be pure. Whatever language you use should be pure. Whatever food you eat should be pure. Because we find our law in the law of God's covenant. And if we find our law in the law of God's covenant, we expect the word to speak power to us. Listen, when God's in the neighborhood, I want him to know he can stop my, by my house to take a break. And he can sit on my front porch. Listen, can God sit on your front porch? What we do, boy, you're not going to like this. The Bible tells us, before I get into that, that when Abraham celebrates God, he cooks him dinner. That's when the barrenness is broken off his wife. Then God begins to whisper secrets. And he sets up generational blessing. My children's 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 children. What we do is we to try to scab God on to our Christianity. Anybody ever worked with wood? Anybody ever built a porch? We built a porch one time for someone, and 
we had a couple issues with the porch. We're a little short on our wood. Now, I wasn't doing the measuring, thank His holy name, because every time the pastor measures something, they carry on. But we had to scab a board onto that porch to make it secure. Do you know how terrible it looked? You know why? Because the porch wasn't meant to have a board scabbed onto it. But we try to scab God onto our life. We try to scab our Christianity onto our life. Imagine how some of you look to people. Because instead of God being the center of our being, we got this thing sticking off of us that shouldn't be there. That's more powerful than you're acting. If you want to know the path of blessing, it is to shut out the counsel of ungodly men and women and begin to meditate on the Word of God. Listen to what Psalms 1 verse 3 says, the very next verse. And he shall be like a tree planted by the river of water. Oh my goodness, if you only knew. That bringeth forth his fruit in a season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Can we put the, put the logo up? Oh, right there. Put the logo up. There it is. That is an olive tree. When we came here five years ago, I told you I ran some man down on a van at the McDonald's and said, I need this logo. And this was over in the corner, that tree. That's all I wanted. They had this great big logo that filled the whole side of the van. I don't have time to tell you all of that. But the guy thought that I was going to like kill him or something. And, but he was nervous enough to send me their logo. And I, had, I sent it to someone. Because God was telling me that that had to be our logo. Well, why does that matter? It's just a representation of God. That logo does not make this church or break this church. That lo the logo doesn't matter. But it does to me. Do you know why? Because God spoke specific things to me. I want to read it to you again. Because I, I'm a, I, I, this is new to me. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth its fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither. Everybody say, his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I begin to look and to search. Do you know that there is only one tree? One tree. That the leaf does not wither. The leaf never goes away. The leaf always stay, stays green and ready for action. Do you know what that tree might be? An olive tree. So when God was speaking, he was speaking prophetically to us. What do you get out of an olive tree? We get oil. Here's what God is saying. If you want to have an anointing, if you want to be an anointing producing person, are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you want to be an anointing producing person? If you want the oil to flow through your life, if you want the glory of God upon your life, then you have to be like the tree planted by the river. We're producing olive trees here. 
We're producing people that are covered in the commandment of God. We are producing people that are going to go beyond the borders because they're covered in the commandment of God to listen, to break the, the stronghold of Satan off of the lost, the broken, the weak, the weary, the stray. Most churches have one representation, but we have got five. Why? Because this vision that God has given us is way bigger than just MacArthur, Ohio. But we have first got to win our community. We have first got to plant olive trees all over the community to win people to the Lord so people know that, listen, you're an olive tree. You're a, this is a house of anointing. This is a house of praise. This is a house anchored and rooted and covered in Jesus Christ. Hmm. You guys just sat there. I mean, people know that revelation comes piece by piece. It's blown my mind. We need to dig deeper into what God has. Hear me now. What the psalmist is calling for you and I to change is the content of our prayer. From our problems to the word of God. Are you hearing me? Most of the time when Christians do that, they call out their problems. And they talk about what they need God to fix. But it's mundane. It becomes mundane for most of us. And we wonder why God's not fixing the problem. Let me speak into your life today. Do you understand? Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to mess some people's world up. Do you understand when you just do a list and you do not speak the word of God that the Bible says that that is not biblical prayer? Hmm. Lord, help me. We've come to a day and age in the church where we've learned cultural prayer. That's a list. And we've left God out. Biblical prayer begins with the word of God open on our lap. I've already told you many times in this message, we read it, we pray it, we read it, we pray it. All day long, you think about it. And then it, what happens is, is as you think about it, it begins to create roots. What do roots do? Give stability. Why, why do we need stability? First of all, we've already established that we can't allow everybody to speak into our lives. But why do we need stability? Why does the Bible talk about us having roots? Because until you grow roots, you're going to be unstable. You're going to be here a little and there a little and here a little and there a little. You're going to go to this church and to that church and you're always going to be like I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like the messed up corn in the field. Because you never got complete nutrition. Why? Because you never allowed someone that God tried to put in your life to speak into your life. And people do it all the time. Because there's a lot of reasons why we do it. Because first of all, we're people. Second of all, we don't like what they have to say. The people usually that are straightforward with you are the people normally that love you the most. Like, my mom will burn me up. But in the end, after I get unmad... And I sat by myself because I'm furious and I'm, I don't want to disrespect my mom. Anybody ever been there? And I sat in the dark, upset. I began to realize that she told me that. Why? Your mom loves you. She had pain for you. 
You were in her belly for nine months. She will never forget. You caused marks on her body that she can never put away and never get rid of. And so she is going to tell you whatever will make you better. Your mother never wants you to be bitter. She wants you to be better. Are you hearing me? The Father, God has put Him in the life to make us men, to help us to grow. When we fall down, He's the guy that says, Get up, boy. Don't you cry. Right? But the mother is the one that is going to tell you what nobody else wants to hear. You following me here? Lord, help me. My roots grow deep in the Word of God and in the Spirit of God until the presence of God begins to flow through me. And listen, I am then dripping with the anointing of God, the oil of God. Jared, I'm going to continue this tonight. I don't want to wear you out because I want you to understand this. I would like you to go home and pray and and chew on this and allow God to, to talk to you. And then I want you to come back here tonight. Jared, would you come to the piano? I'm pleading with you this morning. What is the content of your prayer? What are you praying? The psalmist said what we are to do is to pray the word of God. Now, I hope you still have your Bibles open. If you don't, would you turn to Psalms chapter 1 for me? The first word in Psalms chapter 1 is, anybody know? Blessed. What is the last word in Psalms chapter 1? You're cheating, it's behind me. <laughs> Perished. What is the difference between perishing and walking in the blessing of God? It's the way you pray. It's the content by which you pray. And now, now I need to go a little deeper for you to understand and be excited about tonight. In Psalms chapter 2, the Bible tells us that the nations are raging against God. And what they say is, you are not going to govern us. Psalms chapter 3 opens and Absalom rebels against David, his father. When all hell is breaking loose around you in the world, I feel the presence of God. Even in your home, everywhere that you go, it's falling apart. How? Do you ground yourself? How do you root yourself? You get into the Scripture. You pray the Scripture. You, are you hearing me? You read the Scripture. You pray the Scripture. You chew on it. Listen, don't read chapter after chapter. Read a couple verses and chew on it and let it get in you. And say it and recite it word by word. Jesus Christ would have known and memorized the whole Bible. The whole, the whole thing. You can't memorize it reading chapters at a time. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You speak that over and over in your life until it gets in you. Because then, the very first thing that you find out is in Genesis chapter 1. He created everything. Lord, help me. You pray the scripture, you read the scripture. What are you doing? You're finding your footing. You're establishing your path. You're making your way. Get a Bible and mark it up. Now, you got to stop with me for a minute. 
I'm not talking about this calligraphy writing that we do. I've seen y'all's Bibles that do that. You'll draw all over the whole thing just because you want to be an artist. has nothing to do with the Word of God. You probably haven't even read it. I'm talking about getting you a, a, a yellow highlighter and you read something and it comes out to you. you. You know what I'm saying? And you highlight it and you mark it and, and you begin to pray, God, what does that mean for me? What is that in my life? What are you doing for me, God? And listen, maybe you got to get a blue because a blue means something different and you highlight that blue. You allow God to move in your life as you read the Word. And you pray, and you read the Word, and you pray, and you read the Word, and you pray. When you are in prayer, that Word of God should be open on your lap. It should be what you do in the morning. It should be what you do at night. Don't read 14 chapters of something you don't know about. Get into the Word of God and let God speak to you. There's sometimes that you're going to read one verse and you're going to say, that's not enough. You keep on reading. But here's the thing. You go back to that one verse. You memorize that one verse. You speak that one verse. And don't miss a word. You, you read that verse over and over until you get it right. Because the anointing comes from the inward flow of His Word. You are surrounded by those 613 commandments in that Talid. Why do you think they put it over them? They're literally draping the commandment of God over their life. Jesus came so you don't have to drape anything. But He gave you the Word of God so that you could hold it close to your heart that you might not sin against Him. Get a Bible. Mark it up. Get it in your heart. Listen, Psalms 119.1. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Thee, against thee. Jeremiah 15.16. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. O Master Controller. God, it means God of all eternity. God of hosts. This is work. Hear me well. A list is not work. This is work. This is a deeper thing than just a list. I promise you I have a list. I pray for you. You are at the top of my list. I pray for people struggling in the church. But you know how I do that? I find... When I know about them, and I pray that scripture over them. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somewhere, listen, somewhere out there, when you've stepped into something and you don't know anybody's praying for you, you were standing on the shoulders of an intercessor. The intercessor has already turned the door, the knob on the door to open the door for your prayer. They are calling out for you today. What if more people in the house of God were intercessors? Well, I don't have time. I've got this going on and I've got that going on. What if you would lock and anchor yourself in the prayer closet of Jesus Christ? What would happen? What would happen?
much of our prayer is God change this. God fix this. Do this around me. Lord, I'll be happier. But the content of your prayer creates context with God. And God begins to change you. Do you understand that God is not interested in changing all of that around you? What God is interested in is changing you. He's there to make you stronger. He's there to make you resilient. So resilient that you can withstand anything that comes your way. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.